0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is BELIEVE. We were in the film room for a while the other day and just trying to focus on the things that I mentioned, you know, pre-game, the, the things that we can control. And, um, you know, communication is a big part of that. So it was, uh, you know, it was good to see us. You know, you're not gonna be perfect, but there was definitely a focus. Um, you know, on the defensive end, welcome in Hawks. Fans, your boy Bryce Lewis back at it again. Fred, I believe in Hawks episode, episode 45. And today we have a lot of news Trey Young out for at least a month, maybe even longer. Give you my reaction and thoughts on this moving forward. We're gonna obviously recap the the Hawks' impressive victory over the Orlando Magic, and then also the big storylines coming out of that game. But like I said, we got to start with the big news. Trey Young, reported yesterday, broke by many different outlets, out for at least at least a month. He will be reevaluated in four weeks. A ligament tear in his fifth finger. He suffered this injury against the Toronto Raptors, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And obviously, this is a big blow to the Atlanta Hawks. Their star is out for an extended period of time. Trey Young, over his career, has really never missed significant time. He has missed a couple of games here and there. But he's never actually had a stretch where he's missed a month of games or anything of that sort. So for the most part in his career, he's been very durable. You know, he draws a lot of contact, so that's why he has a lot of knickknack injuries that he usually plays through. But for the most part, he's never suffered an injury like this. He's gotten surgery on it. And like I said, they'll reevaluate in four weeks. And that puts things into perspective. Because now the question is what's next for the Atlanta Hawks when it comes to Trey Young being out. What does this mean for the rest of the season? What does this mean for for just the future of the franchise right now? As this season has for some Hawks fans, has described it a, a season from hell. Uh some Hawks fans have said. And you know, them just not reaching expectations that maybe were expected before the season. You know, the defense being putrid and just obviously we, we've had unlucky injury luck this season from Jalen to Hunter. Now Trey, Akangwu. you know, injuries have impacted this team, you know, greatly this season. And that has played a part into why this season has been what it has been. So. First, I think some people are wondering, okay, do the Hawks, if, you know, do you get into tank mode? Do you start tanking or do you still try to be competitive? One thing I know is this. Those guys that are going out there on that court, and we saw this yesterday in the Magic game, they're going to go out there, they're going to compete, and they're going to play hard. That's what they're going to do. That's what – you have so many games like you're still in the 10th spot to play in. I mean, you, you can't tell them to stop trying or to stop caring. If the players decide themselves to stop carrying, we will see it reflected in the product that we see on court. But if not, you're going to see them continue to compete hard and try to win these games. And, you know, I think a lot of people have stuff to prove. I think this is a great opportunity for particular players like Kobe Buffkin to get time to play and kind of show when that even if Trey comes back, I'm still worth playing, putting in the rotations. And, you know, letting that kind of be what happens moving forward with this team. So, Tanking-wise, I get people are just done with the season in general because there is no expectation for this team to go far or anything like that, so they're ready to start tanking, right? And listen, Hawks, obviously, if you make the playoffs, you can't, I think, get any higher than, what, 16, I think. I could be wrong. Um, or I'm probably wrong, actually. (laughs) I'm actually probably wrong. I think 14 is the highest you can go, is the lowest you can be if you're a playoff team. So if the Hawks actually miss the playoffs, they will be a lottery team with the way their record is right now, which is what some people would prefer. It gives them the ability to take a really high draft pick. You never know with the lottery the way it is. Hawks can maybe even drop to the top five if they get the lucky bounce, you know, with the lottery. But at the same time, again, you have a team that Bogey's not going to stop playing hard. Jante's not going to stop playing hard. Jalen's still trying to, you know, continue to prove his game. Hunter's still playing great basketball. You know, you, you those guys are just not going to stop doing their thing because Trey Young is hurt. You know, and Trey Young was on the sidelines during the magic game. He will could probably continue to be on the sidelines during games. Will continue to support the team, and we'll see. Obviously, you know, play in time. Maybe around the time Trey Young might potentially return to this team. Uh, maybe a couple of games before that. Potentially would like to say it all depends on the reevaluation in a couple of weeks, which will determine what his outlook is for the rest of this season. And obviously with the expectations and with the way the team looks and the record, and we don't know what they'll be by that point, but there could be some discussions with the Hawks on Mount management. Do we rush Trey back? Probably not. Let him get 100% healthy. Last thing you want to do is harm your star for the future and potentially have him out longer than he needs to be out. You know, but like I said, big loss for him, Trey Young, you know, he's, 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 you know, been Trey Young this season. Uh, He's had, he has, had some great games. Uh, you know, he's still, I think he led the league in total assist before, I know coming out of the all-star break, he did, he led the league in total assist, so obviously he'll probably lose that lead to Tyrese Halliburton at this point, um, you know, and, and like I said, it sucks for him, you know, I wish him a speedy recovery, like I said, still impressive that this is his first significant injury since being in the league, drafted a few years ago, and you know, it's something that you know, it probably he, – he hates it. You know, he probably – he because, you know, he loves basketball and he loves playing the game. So it'll be tough for him not to be able to go out there and help his teammates. And so he has to, you know, learn how to, you know, kind of maybe take this role as a – or he could take this situation and view it as, you know, this is a time for me maybe to be more vocal, you know, because I'm not playing. So maybe the best way I can help my teammates is to be more vocal, talk to guys, you know, you know, maybe – I'm seeing something that they're not seeing. You know how they always sometimes say players get injured and they kind of become player coaches on the sideline. Maybe that's something Trey can do. I mean, one thing about him is even when he's out, he's always supported his team. He's always been happy for success and et cetera, et cetera. So it's been big that, you know, that could be a potential thing that he could do. We'll see what it all results to. But obviously, like I said, not ideal losing your superstar player um, so soon after the all-star break. And like I said, sucks for Trey. Uh, like I said, wish him a speedy recovery. I and mean, we, we we just hope for the best when it comes to him and his health and it gets back at 100%. And, you know, we'll see how the team does as they navigate through Trey Young's injury. Um, so this is the first time we can see in an extended sample size what this team looks like without Trey Young. Even, like I said, don't forget, they also don't have a Yucca Kongu for a couple of weeks too. So they're down to pretty important players right now. But like I said, they played yesterday against the Orlando Magic and probably one of their most impressive games of the season. Well, I think they held Orlando to 92 points, which is the lowest point total the Hawks have held any team to this entire season. So that was very impressive for them to have that type of performance. Now, obviously, Orlando didn't have Palo. They had a couple of injuries. Guys were out. So it's not like we played a fully healthy Orlando Magic team, but still impressive. Because with this Hawks team, especially what we've seen defensively, it seems like it didn't matter who was on the floor. Any team could score against this team. So for them to come out, give that type of defensive performance was very, very impressive and very, very ideal probably for what they want to try to build there in Atlanta. If you look into the game yesterday, Jalen Johnson didn't have the quickest start in the first half, but was able to get himself back on track, finished with 21, 10, and 7. He is someone who's going to be expected to step up in Trey's absence a guy who, again, has to, you know, he he's learning how to become that that guy. You know, right now, him and DeJounte Murray are the best players on the team right now playing. So they have to come out every game for the talks to win as the two best players on the court for the Atlanta Hawks. And that give him an opportunity. Last night he did that. Like I said, didn't start fast, but finished very strong. 21-10-7, you know, he was, he was plus 16, plus minus two blocks, one steal. He was active and all over the place, and that's what you want to see from your guy. You want to see that from Jalen, and you want to see him continue to grow and continue to improve like we did yesterday. DeJounte, 25-9-11. and 11. Almost had a triple-double yesterday. Just didn't get that one last rebound. Was a part of that 18-1 run the Hawks had the third quarter to blow the game open against the Orlando Magic. Was very active during that stretch. And let me say one thing about DJ, Loki. Let me say one thing about him. People I've seen on Twitter already talking, talking about, oh, he, he's just trying to raise his draft. I mean, not draft stock, but his trade value. He's just, you know, he this he's just trying to prove that he can be a number one option. Dah, 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 dah. Uh, you know, I, I almost feel like some people were, were tweeting about it, kind of annoyed. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, why? Dejounte is a smart player. He knows. Trey Young's out. I got to step up. I got to be PG1 you know, I got to lead this, this team. And I don't, I don't even think this is about him being the number one option, to be honest with you. I I think this narrative that he wants to be a number one on the team is, 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 is false. I just think personally, he just wants to be a point guard again. I just think he wants to go back to his natural position where he can be a point and, and, you know, allow his full skill set to show. I feel like one of the big issues is that he feels like playing the two. It limits what, What he can do it limits his ability, limits his entire skill set because he has to kind of be different playing that position, where his natural position he can kind of you know showcase his entire you know repertoire that he has, and so I, I think overall I think this is good for him to be able to have this ability to be the point guard for the next month and kind of just you know allow him to like be aggressive you know kind of have more control of the offense and know like hey you are the primary guy so. You know, our success is going to dictate off you. And so if you ball out and you play like you played tonight, almost getting triple doubles, that probably will lead to some success with this team. I don't think this team's about to tank now because Trey is out. This team has still got some good players. Hawks don't have the toughest schedule in the world coming up. So it's something that I think DeJounte has a great opportunity just for himself. And then also, again, maybe the Hawks, if you're looking at it from a trade perspective, it could raise his trade value. Like I said, I, I just I don't think it's about him being a number one option. I just think he just wants to be a point guard again. He wants to be his natural position again. And that will he, is and that is what he believes will lead him to being the best version of himself. So but like I said, strong night last night, part of that part of that run that broke it open for the team. So very much a very good performance for Mr. DeJounte Mary. And then we also got to go into Bogey had 17 last night. Started, he'll probably start during this. Bay, 12 points. Capella. So, I mean, so, okay. Obviously, last episode, if you watched it, I, it's kind of hard to Capella, right? You know, but at the same time, I'm not dumb. I know Capella right now, especially at this very second, he's hurt. You can kind of tell in the way he's playing that, you know, he's bothered by something. My issue is that we've seen him when he's been healthy, some of the struggles he's had, especially offensively. I just have said my point entirely yesterday was that, or not yesterday, my last episode was I just don't think he can be your starting center anymore. I never said he was a bum. I never said he's out of the league or any of that. I just said he cannot be your starting center anymore, and you probably do need to look into trading. him. But at the same time, I also understand what situation he's in right now. He's, he's coming back from an injury. He doesn't look right. He's still trying to get himself back to where he needs to be. You know that's gonna take some time, so you're not. It's gonna be kind of rough seeing him. You're seeing him on a minutes restriction right now, so you're seeing Jalen playing some center minutes. Bruno has played well in his absence or when he's coming into the game. You know, Bruno last night had seven and seven and four. He's actually a legit NBA rotational center. I know. I I listen. I have been saying Bruno Fernando should play for months. So can't say I was not one of the people who thought that. I just said, Bruno is better than what he was in Atlanta, so why why can't he be in the line? Why can't he play? It's not like you're asking him to be this elite center. You're just asking him to give you good minutes off the bench, which he did. And so back to Capella, you know. So, I mean, obviously, right now, like I said, it's going to be kind of rough watching him. But at the same time, I'm not overly concerned uh, about the long term with him. I think, you know, we just have to ride it out and kind of see what happens and see if he can get back at least to where he was, where he has that lift, rebounding shot, blocking shots, et cetera, et cetera. Cause that's realistically what he does with his team and that's what this team needs. And so, um, you know, hopefully he'll be, he'll be, he'll be okay and, and things will get better for him. So before we get into all the, you know, other stuff. So just want to make that clear about Capella. Hunter continues to play well off the bench, 18-7-2 in 28 minutes. A man who, yeah, he he actually had the highest plus minus with 25. DeAndre Hunter, man, like I said, he's been a revelation for this team. He has been fantastic for this team. Being able to come off the bench and be an efficient scorer, hit threes, give us that two-way defense that we have. I think some people are starting to like, hey, you might need to give DeAndre Hunter his credit. And I know the biggest thing with him is his injuries. It's, it's the amount of games that he's played. A lot of people are talking about, oh, hasn't played in so-and-so games. But yes, injuries has always been his biggest thing. With him. But at the end of the day, he's not hurt right now. He's healthy. And right now, he's playing some of the best basketball of his career. And that, is, that deserves recognition. That deserves respect. And that deserves praise. DeAndre Hunter right now is is really, really playing well. And that is exactly what we need. I posed a question on Hawks Reddit. I asked, I said, you know, if, if he stays in this role for the rest of the year and we get into the offseason. Like, what is what is DeAndre Hunter's future? Are you still wanting to move him? Are you still wanting to keep him? Is, is DeAndre Hunter open to staying on the bench? Is he going to go back to the starting lineup next year? I mean, these are all questions that I think that, that are going to have to be answered this offseason. Again, if Yandre especially stays in this role of where he is right now coming off the bench because he's been so good in it. And he's had his best stretch of basketball playing in that role. So it, it would make some sense to say, well, maybe we would. But I also understand, gave him big contract. Do we really want to keep him on the bench after paying him that amount of money? That's a very understandable and reasonable question to ask in that situation. So. You know, obviously, again, it's something we have to see what they want to do. It's something we have to continue to look at. But Hunter continues to play well. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for what for what he's done. Obviously, because of these injuries, we have Gary Samantha Matthews playing. Gave you three points, minus six. Biggest plus minus on the floor. This is the reason why I said in my tweet yesterday when Trey went out, I said Kobe Buffkin deserves time, but I also think it's time for some Seth Lundy. I I would love for the Hawks to call up Seth Lundy and say we're gonna have you play over Garrison and to kind of see what that looks like. That probably right now will give you your best team that you can field because I mean Garrison, like I said, it's just he's not really giving you that much. I mean, all he does is give you a guy who can shoot, but at the end of the day, he's only hitting one or two threes. It's like eh, it's not really giving you a lot offensively, and then defensively, he does have his struggles still. So it just kind of depends. But you know, Garrison, nothing too crazy. And then, like obviously, I wanted to save the best for last. Kobe Bufkin, eleven minutes yesterday, two points, one rebound, three assists. But where Kobe made his where Kobe made his impact was on the defensive end, which, especially in that guard spot for the Hawks, has been kind of the weakness, kind of the not the best defensive position on our team, which is guard. He was active with his hands. He was disruptive. Good recovery. You know, he was, he was he was good in rotations. Uh, you know, he, he really is a guy who I think benefited from Skyhawks in that position. I think, like I said, Skyhawks are running the same things are running on the main roster. So and you hear some people say it. Defensively, what he did with the Skyhawks is what he did yesterday. The biggest thing for him and his biggest adjustment that he has to make is just offensively. Because in the Skyhawks, he was the primary guy. Like Him and Lundy were the primary guys. Like, they were taking the shots and, and, and leading the charge. In this situation, as the backup point, you're not in that position anymore. So he has to adapt to that role. He has to adapt to being a backup point guard and and running the offense, but also finding the comfortability to find his shot as time goes on, finding the ability to kind of, you know, when do I become aggressive? When do I uh, facilitate? When do I just run the offense? And DeJounte actually had some interesting words uh, just when he was asked about what what he said to Kobe when he got, when he's, since he's getting his opportunity now. Take a listen. I mean, you know, grow up, but don't be afraid to make mistakes. You know, show why you belong. You know, you work tremendously hard every day. Uh, he's a great, great, great character guy, high locker room guy. He's, you know, always trying to work and be better. And, you know, they sent him up to the G League and he was excited to go up there and handle business and just get reps and get better. So, you know, it's simple, you know, just be solid and, uh, you know, have fun and enjoy it and just continue to get better. So, yeah. um, you know, like DeJounte said, he he was just like, listen, grow up. You know, you're going to make mistakes because he's a rookie. He's going to he's not going to be great every game. He's going to have an off game. He's going to have a game where he might get cooked defensively. He might have a game where it's like, oh, yeah, he looks a little overwhelmed. And and that's part of it. That's just part of growth. You know, that, that's just part of it, you know, and, and all we can do is embrace it. And then just, you know, hope he continues to learn from that and continues to improve from that. So, you know, there's no reason to be worried if Kobe does have a, of a bad game here or there. but. Overall, like I said, I, I think Kobe, he's, he's, he you know, he has all the potential in the world to be a really solid player for this team. And, I, and I've said this too. Like, I think from what you've seen and what we've all observed, it's going to be kind of hard to tell me that Kobe Buffett won't be in a rotation next year. It's just, it's its going to be hard. So, and obviously that'll depend on what the Hawks do at the guard spot. If they still trade DeJounte, if they trade Bogey, but that is something that I think you have to look into because one of your biggest weaknesses is point of attack defending. He is your best point of attack defender in the games that he's played. It's kind of stood out that, okay, yeah, that's kind of his strength. That's something that he's good at. And so now it's just about letting him go out there and, and do it and let him continue to go out there and grow. You know, like I said, it was, it was good that he was able to get that time in with the Skyhawks and just get those reps. You know, biggest thing you, you could never simulate is reps. Uh, basketball is basketball to me, you know. Regardless of who you're playing, because like I said, this is my last episode. People think the G League's a bunch of bums and that you can't learn anything from it. And it's like because we're seeing him light it up, and it's like he's not getting anything from it. But it's like he is. He's getting coached. We ain't but we ain't seeing that though. We ain't thinking the coach down there. The G these G League coaches are also coaching to try to get an opportunity to move up on stats. So they're looking at if I can help be responsible for the development of a player. Then I, I want to be, because that will make me look good whenever my time comes to move up in this league. So, and, and you know, Quinn credited, you know, the Skyhawks uh, head coach for his development. So, you know, I, I think, you know, we got to get out of this mindset that G League is is useless and it's, it's pointless. The biggest thing you usually just don't want to do with G League is that you don't want to leave guys down there for too long. That's really the big thing. Oh, we don't want to leave you down there for too long. You want to leave them you know, down there for the amount of time they need, and then you call them up when it's time. Obviously, every team is different when it comes to the situation because there's guys who can play who you thought, well, he can play right now. Why is he not playing? But right now, it's not the time. Next year, it'll be the time. So, like I said, this is a great opportunity for Kobe Bufkin to play, to grow, to improve, to learn how to be a backup point guard at, at, at the top level. And, and kind of, like, develop his game and develop his confidence. I, I kind of noticed this with Seth Lundy when he played in the three games before he got hurt. It's like his first game, he only took one shot. His second game, he took a few more shots. His third game before he got hurt, he seemed like he was about to take a little bit more shots. It's about confidence and comfortability. Listen, at the end of the day, he's having to get used to playing with guys like DeJounte and Bogey and DeAndre and Jalen and all those guys because he hasn't really played with them all. He's practiced with them. He went through training camp with them. But he hasn't, like, played in real games as much with them and so that's something that he's still continuing to grow and something that he's continuing to develop, and it's something that's going to take time, but at the same time, I'm excited to see what he can do in his continued growth moving forward. So I think we're going to have to keep an eye out on that and see what happens with Kobe as he continues to grow and and continues to move forward in his career as a guy who, like I said, could potentially have a home here as Atlanta Hawks and potentially be a very significant player in the rotation as soon as next year. So. You know, that was good, but you know, overall, like I said, strongest defensive performance Hawks had all season. Great rotations, great communication. And now it brings me to this. Because you know, I got you know, people were already doing it. People were already saying, Oh, we're better without Trey Young. Trey Young held us back. Guys, we've we we got to stop doing that. Why can't we have a good game after our star player leaves? And that isn't an indictment on him. Why did why does everybody have to turn it into an indictment against Trey Young? I I've never understood that. Like like at the end of the day, the defensive performances we've had, if we get destroyed in the paint, they ain't got nothing to do with Trey Young. If 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 Bay is letting people blow by him, they ain't got look like, like that ain't got nothing to do with Trey Young. If Bogey can't guard, smite the point, attack, they ain't got nothing to do with Trey Young. Like we gotta stop trying to blame someone. I I just think what happens is you have guys. Who have an agenda? Who just have are not big fans of Trey Young. So they're, but they're maybe fans of the Hawks, and so they're just like, if they feel like we're playing better without him, then he was the reason why we were held back. And I'm like, listen, we were giving up 120, 130 points consistently. I don't think Trey Young's responsible for a 30, 40 point differential. <laughs> I, I don't think he's responsible for that at all. I think what what you see is this team has not done a good job putting the right pieces around Trey Young to be a better defensive team, because literally, if Kobe's one of our best point of attack defenders, he wasn't playing when Kobe Trey was playing. Who's that? that can't be Trey's fault. That that's more on when than, than Trey, but for some reason we want to connect it to him and we want to say it's his fault and we want to say that he is the reason why it, we're not as good as we hoped we were. And I, and that's just ridiculous, man. I, I had to make that tweet yesterday. I said, listen, we're not better without Trey. We're not. I think the Hawks are 4-9 without Trey this season, I think. Or just in the last 13 games regardless. And probably the last 13 games. And yet we have one good game after he's out. Because the thing is, is that when you have your best player out, the the team knows everybody got to step up. Everybody got to play better because we don't have our top guy. It's a team effort. You know, I don't understand why if when that happens, it's just because the heat held them back. I just think that's a cop out. It's an excuse. And I just, and I just think it, it makes you look you on no ball. So, you know, cause when when Memphis won all those games without John Morant, Oh, they're better without John Morant. Like, no, like, they had a very well constructed roster that could win without him. That's not a matter of they're not they're that that he was holding them back, you know. So we, we got to get out of that narrative with, with that Trey was get was was the person holding this team back because he wasn't he wasn't holding this team back. And we got to stop that. I think Trey Young is a guy who has, you know, made strides this year and has had one of his best years. And to say he was the reason why this team is where it is, it's just it's just foolish in my opinion. So, Trey Young, we are not better without Trey Young. So let's let's kill that narrative right now, guys. Let's kill it right now. People are like, oh, I need to see a few more games. Oh my, I'm like, Jews, Listen to me. We play Utah, Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Three teams under 500. If the Hawks went three and zero in that period of time, we're gonna people are gonna push that narrative, and I'm like. Guys, it's not like we played world beaters. You know, we've we, we, we played teams that we are around the same talent level, if not better than, even without Trey. And we just were able to win games. You're going to see people step up, which will lead to some good performances from other guys. Let's not push the narrative. Let's just chill the bricks on it. All right? Cool. But I think that's all I got for you guys on this Believe in Hawks episode. Appreciate you guys tuning into the show. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Bryce2underscore2k. Also, if you listen to this on YouTube, subscribe to my channel for more Believe in Hawks content and like the video. Share it with your friends so people can all Hawks fans can find this podcast. Uh, if you listen to me through audio, definitely go ahead hit the review. Go ahead leave a rating. Hopefully five stars so we can expand this to get people more eyes on the podcast. And like I said, guys, I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Hawks win one oh nine. To 92. Hold up. Yeah. 109 to 92. And uh, let's hope we can continue that. Six. Next game, John Collins back in Atlanta, baby. <laughs> yes, sir. The game we've all been waiting for. <laughs> but Yes, sir. It's your boy, Bryce Lewis. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts.